The Accident Mortgage and Realty Show is sponsored by Accident Mortgage, an equal housing lender at MLS ID 255368, and Accident Realty Advisors, which is a separate company from but still affiliated with Accident Mortgage. Welcome to the Accunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Accunet Mortgage and Realty's Brian Wickert on WTMJ. Well, a very pleasant Sunday morning, everyone. Mark Segrist with you, and welcome to the Accunet Mortgage and Realty Show. I'm Mark Segrist, along with uh, Accunet Mortgage and Realty Advisor, Millennial Loan Consultant, David Wickert. Uh, Brian is not with us today, but it's a pleasure to have you with us in the studio, my friend. Good to see you. Mom and dad are out skiing. They're also snowmobiling, which is not on my bucket list. Good, have good you ever been them. snowmobiling? Yes, I have, I and, just... I've, and I did it rather dangerously, but uh, I, I think I went too fast. I went on a night. I went on a lake once that was oh man, sort of uh, a little soft, and it was <laughs> kind of nutty to do it. But I was having a whale of a good time, and I'll never do that again. Exactly. So I asked dad if he paid his life insurance premium before he left. He said yes. So that's there all you good. go. Um, <laughs> so on tap for today's show, um, we're going to start off because I know it's only January 13th, but home buying season is here. Welcome. Welcome to 2019 and another uh, hot start uh, for everyone who wants to buy a house here this year. We, um, this is the f- last week was the first full week um, after the new year and it felt like at the office, it felt like folks were coming out of their holiday hibernation uh, because w- the number of pre-approvals we cranked out this week and the, and the uh, number of purchases, folks getting accepted offers. I think wow. the lack of snow is helping, but it's here. Um, yeah. And so my colleague Brad, he half-jokingly, when he is talking to folks on the phone, he says, um, you know, hey, my coworker could be helping someone with a pre-approval for the very same house Certainly. that you want to go look at. It's a it's a small walkie reason if I ever heard one. Yeah, and um, for all the folks who are coming out of hibernation, you know, they look across the Christmas dinner table to their spouse and say, "Honey, I want to buy a home in 2019." That's great, but a uh, 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 cold reality is the amount of inventory. That's available when you decide you want to buy a house. And I was looking back on last week, the notes from last week's show because, hey, inventory is up on maybe kind of like a metro-sized sample. Yes. But real estate, like politics, is local. And in fact, hyper-local because if you want to buy a $200,000 house in Greendale, you kind of don't care what the half million dollar market is in Mequon. Right. So I, I dove in to some multiple listing service data just for some interesting notes. Okay. There are, in the lovely uh, Wauwatosa neighborhood, between the purchase price of 150 and 300, that's affordable for a lot of folks, there are 46 total homes listed for sale, but 18 of them already have offers. They already have wow. folks at the table. So if you are looking in that range, right now there are 28 available homes to purchase, to write an offer on. That's kind of slim pickings. Absolutely. Wait for it. They're in Brookfield, go Lancers, Brookfield Central grad myself, between 150 and 300, there are 30 homes for sale. Oh, wait, wait, wait. But 15 of them have offers. Wow. 
and I, I went and I looked through the other 15 that didn't have offers. I, maybe half of them were worth writing an offer on. Uh, so you're tell, so there are eight nice enough homes in that 150 to 300 range in Brookfield that are worth writing on. They're picking the best. They're picking off the best. Well, right? and so and the same thing goes for uh, Franklin. There are 28 homes in, available in that same bracket. And so we said last week, demographics are destiny. And so there continues to be this large generation called millennials who are continuing to grow up and want to buy a house. And for anyone who thinks, and I'm postulating here, but sitting where I sit, anyone who thinks that home prices are going to come down, maybe in a immaterial way, but when you've got more buyers than you have homes for sale, right. that is going to continue to drive up home prices. Mm -hmm. so, so that leads me to the power of saying yes. Because for we had this, uh, my colleague Tim had an example of this on Friday. He had a home buyer who had written an offer at uh, $200,000. And the power of saying yes is if you write an offer at $200,000 and the seller says, counters and says, I know you offered me two hundred. dollars I would like you to sell me. I would like to sell my house for you for two oh two. You know what the best thing is? Say yes. Say yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because in that example, that that nominal difference and people I understand people want to deal, people don't want to overpay. But do you know what the difference is in the payment? Uh, ten, minimal. Ten yeah. bucks. I was just gonna say do some people just think they have to counter, counter, keep countering? Uh, it 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 depends. Do you want the house? Because right. part of the, not the problem, part of the opportunity is you've made an offer. If the seller turns the table and makes you a counteroffer, you have the power to say yes. You have the power to wrap that deal up and keep them at the table because when they counter, they're the ones who are vulnerable. That's and it's a still way of an putting, offer. And it's still an, <laughs> it's offer. still an offer. And you're able to get that. So anyway, after we take this first break, what okay. I want to come back with is a wrap up on the power of saying yes, and then, okay, it's home buying season. How are you going to stand out? Inventory is wildly thin. It's as thin as the ice out on most lakes now because we haven't had a lot of cold weather. That's how thin inventory is. We'll cover that when we come there back. There you go. And you're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on WTMJ. Home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. We are back. Uh, Brian is off today. We are joined by uh, David Wickert, and uh, we're talking about how to stand out when you're trying to really make a deal with a limited supply of housing right now. Yeah, you bet. I just want to tell producer Sean, the tracks coming back into the shows the last couple of weeks have been fire. So Aren't they? Yeah. keep that up. Sledgehammer nice. all day. Really nice. Yeah, <laughs> he's a hipster. He's a hipster. Good. Uh, so uh, home buying season is here, and when you are competing, you kind of you don't get to negotiate on your terms. You get to negotiate on the terms of the seller. Yes. So um, I, the example I gave before we went away, hey, if you offer two hundred thousand and the seller counters at two hundred two, that is ten dollar difference in payment. Don't get guacamole at Chipotle, you know, once a month, right? And you will be able to swing the difference in because the seller has something that you want, the house. 
And if you have to forego 10 bucks a month in my example, oh, wait, what if, heaven forbid, you offer 200 and they counter at 205? That's a $26 difference in payment. And I think folks fixate on that purchase price, but to their detriment sometimes. Right. That, that ultimately, if that is your sticking point, I'm not sure you want the house that what bad. What part of our nature takes over that and sort of blinds us to the reality of what it's going to take to close the deal? Smarter people than economists, I'm sure, and psychiatrists. Okay. Have, it, the answer is anchoring. It's, hey, I was going to charge you a million dollars. But there's a certain degree dollars. of stubbornness there, right? Well, and, and it's as much an emotional decision right, right. as it is a financial decision. And so when we... When we receive that phone call, uh, sometimes from real estate agents who say, hey, David, can you call Susie and, and just kind of quantify for her if she does say yes? And we're always happy to do that because, you know, a $5,000 difference sounds like a lot. And in fact, well, it might be, but you want to get, you want to get the house. And so we try to help folks get past the emotional part of it to just quantify, hey, it's a $26 difference in the payment and, well, you can afford that all day long. Um, but when it comes to a tight market, like, like we're kind of going to be in for all of 2019 because we're not building enough houses to make up for an inventory shortage. Okay, so what do you need to be able to stand out? Okay, well, one, I'm biased, but you need a rock-solid pre-approval. There you go. Because if you go to mortgage.com, and you can tell a computer, I'm the starting left tackle of the Green Bay Packers and I make a million dollars a year. The computer doesn't know any different. And so sellers are smart enough to compare your pre-approval with somebody else's. Right. And, and so we're all about reducing stress at AccuNet Mortgage. And if we can reduce the stress of the seller to say yes to your offer, you're going to be able to win more right. often than not. Okay, the other thing you need is a great buyer's agent because a great buyer's agent is going to be able to coach you to say, I know the home is listed for $200,000. If you write an offer for one ninety-eight, they're not going to open the email with your offer because guess what? They want $200,000 for their house and you need to step up and offer at least what they want for their home. And maybe more. And maybe more. Yeah. And so that's point number three. If you if you want to reduce the chance of losing on that house, write over the asking price. Sure. Because if you if you come out guns blazing, you, you want to make it as easy as possible for that uh for those humans who are selling their home to say yes. Mm -hmm. You know what the best way to do that is? Mm -hmm. Give them more than what they want. Right. And it doesn't have to be a lot more, but a show of good faith, right? Exactly. And so, and again, never forget, they have what you want, which is the house. Right. So give a little bit more than you want, because ultimately you're going to come out the winner because right. you're going to be able to buy the house. Yeah. All right. So those couple ways to win. We'll come back to that before the end of the show as well. What I want to cover when we come back, a um, couple smart... Um, Contingencies, because there are still protections you can write into a contract, even if you are maybe offering a little bit more than 
what that asking price is. I want to and cover that's that. Okay, you just can't be annoying about it, but but it, that's expected then. Exactly. They, they, okay. And there are smart ways where you can win but still be protected. How's that? How's that for a good Sounds combo? Great. We'll, we'll cover that when we come back. There you go. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show right here on WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. We're back with uh, David Wickard, and we're learning so much about the power of just showing good faith when you're sitting down and you get, you're looking at a house that you really want and, and you want to keep the interest of the owner. Indeed. So um, just continuing to use our same example. So you step one, get the seller to say yes. And then step two is you can protect yourself. There are times where, especially when you're writing over the asking price, what you're actually mostly concerned about is the appraisal contingency. Yes. So the appraisal contingency, the standard boilerplate, says if an appraisal report does not come in at, in our example, 202, buyer may terminate this offer upon written notice. It's kind of harsh, in my opinion. It's like, and if, hey, I'm willing to buy your house for 202 but if this other uh, person who has nothing to do with this transaction says it's worth 201 I can cancel. It's a, it, and, and most buyers don't cancel so quickly because guess what? They still want the house. Right. But it would make a seller infinitely more comfortable if maybe there was some wiggle room. So we have seen... Uh, real estate agents uh, take up a pen and write in an appraisal contingency, something along the lines of, and if the home appraises for at least 98% of the agreed upon purchase price, there you go. rather than a fixed we'll price, be okay. but within the ballpark. Exactly. Okay. Because what you're trying to, you know, give the seller is comfort that like, well, you know, I'm willing to buy your house for X and I'll, and I'll make up the difference and not such a harsh kind of all or nothing way that the appraisal contingency is written. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. So, um, and the other thing um, that I, I saw this week that was smart, just some recent smart contingencies uh, written into some offers. Cause again, it's about protecting yourself. This one was on, uh, I call this the dog contingency. The, uh, this offer is contingent upon the condo association approving the buyer's dog on or before February 8th. And in the event the dog is not approved by the, the association, the buyer may terminate this offer. Wow. Because if you're buying a home, if you're buying a condo and the association says your dog's too big, I mean, if you're picking between a new condo and your dog, I think a lot of folks are going to pick the dog. I thought that was an interesting way to well, protect yeah, yourself. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> and people do love puppies. Okay. It's true. I, so, An interesting way, because again, you can still protect yourself even when you get a seller to say yes. The other one that I thought was really smart this week was um, someone who was buying a home. The kiss of death a lot of times is a home sale contingency. Okay. Hey, um, I need to sell my house before I can buy your house. If, if you are that offer and someone else doesn't have to sell their home, you are going to lose. But there's a way that this agent... Uh, struck, they when you write a home sale contingency, the boilerplate language. Do you sense a theme? The boilerplate language is in here, but that doesn't mean you have to accept 
that doesn't mean that the offer has to read that way. Soften it. Exactly. That well, in this case, uh, soften the seller's protection sure. because if you write an offer contingent on a sale, you are really hoping that no one else writes an uh, writes another offer because then you have seventy two hours to remove your home sale contingency. Yeah. Or you will lose. So how do you protect yourself from getting bumped, as it's called? Right. You strike out the language that says, I can get bumped. And okay. this is what this real estate agent did. Again, protecting yourself like, and again, everything's a negotiation, so the seller still has to say yes. But if you are looking to protect yourself given your circumstances, yeah, doing things like modifying the boilerplate language on the WB11 form, yeah, can be really helpful. So, just interesting ways that folks can get a seller to say yes, but also protect themselves. Whether it's a dog, whether it's selling their home, whether it's the appraisal, there are ways that you can massage a contract to make it easy for a seller to say yes, but also protect yourself in the long right. run. Think diplomacy. Exactly. It's a diplomatic a moment. There you go. You bet. So you uh, we're going to do a little rate roundup after the news here and uh, keep plugging through some other good topics. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. And we're back with uh, David Wickert, a millennial loan consultant with uh, AccuNet Mortgage and Realty. Uh, Brian is off today, but it's great to have David with us in the studio. We're learning a lot about the art of negotiation right now when you're really focusing on a property that you desperately want, when you found the home that you want. Now we're going to uh, transition into uh, rates. A little rate roundup. Okay. Uh, so at the close of business, you know what I'm reminded of? That nobody knows anything when it comes to which way is the stock market or the bond market going to move on any day, week, month year uh, because if people did know that they would already own their own Caribbean island yeah. because rates have dropped yes uh, and so at the close of business and nobody expected that yeah uh, at the close of business on Friday Acunet could offer 4.5 percent with just 900 bucks in costs and the APRs 4.53. Uh, earlier uh, in late 2018, rates were floating around five-ish. Mm. And a year ago this time, we could still offer 3.99%. Right. So that's a beautiful thing. Uh, if you would prefer a zero loan cost option, 4.625%, the APR is the same on a 30-year fixed. And uh, if you are more keen on a... 15-year fixed, 3.99% with an APR of 404, which is 900 bucks in cost. And what I am humored by, so uh, I read a lot of mortgage headlines because I, it's what I do. Uh, and from time to time, I, I can't help myself but roll my eyes uh, on, some, on headlines and verbs right. used in some articles. This was from last Monday in the Wall Street Journal with an article, Falling Mortgage Rates Raise Hopes for Battered Housing Market. And goes on to say interesting things like, rising rates choked off a boom in refinances and damped the purchase market for much of 2018, as if they reached for their thesaurus as they were writing this article to help folks understand. 
I love journalists. They do great work. But just don't forget that they have editors and deadlines that they got to come up with something today or this week. And that rewrite, even the headline rewrite, might not have come from the person who really understands the issue. Also true. And so, you know, I, I, I can't help but both chuckle to myself and sigh in frustration because the idea that interest rates are the determinant of buying a home is just it's negative 10% correct yeah. because and let's just let's just let's quantify it because what i know to be true is when you work for a large newspaper and you live on the east or west coast oh you want to buy a house in san francisco that'll be $900,000 and so movements in interest rates do matter mm-hmm. but back here in milwaukee in the real world let's just say if you wanted to buy a half million dollar house and you put 20% down, that's a $400,000 loan. Let's quantify what these, what these differences are. With that 20% down, a full percentage difference in the interest rate is 244 bucks. Mm. But let's put that in context. Right. Even for me to qualify you for a $400,000 loan, your household income would need to be 6,500 bucks. If that, if, and that's pre-tax. If you are trying to afford a $3,200 mortgage payment on $6,500 pre-tax, I say good luck to you, sir. (laughs) And so if you're asking me, I think if you want to borrow that much money, you probably are better off having at least like maybe $10,000 in pre-tax income. Because that's still, that would still be 32% of your pre-tax income going to my example here. Okay, the difference in the payment on a full percent, 244 bucks. Right. So if you're making 10,000 bucks a month and 244 bucks is what's making or breaking you buy a house, I would advise you to buy a smaller house right. so that you don't become house poor. Yes. And so I guess that's my it's my objection to just reading the headline. Oh, interest rates have plummeted and so now you can afford that $400,000 mortgage. I would hope that independent of what the Fed does, what the economy does, that you'd be able to afford that mortgage payment regardless of what the interest rate is within reason, of right. course. But that's but that's the math, that I, I don't want a fluctuation in interest rates to be making or breaking your monthly budget. Does right. that make sense? Absolutely. So Absolutely. Anyway. So uh, when we come back from this break, I'm going to get to, well, we teased this before the, Uh, Before the show, uh, investment properties, how to, what you need to know, uh, a primer on how to go begin your real estate portfolio after this break. There you go. And you're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show right here on WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. We're sharing the hour of conversation this morning with David Wicker. It's learning a lot about the industry. And uh, right now we're going to be talking about investment property and, you know, the way to go. And not everyone's suited for it, but uh, we're going to talk about, you know, some ways that you really have to seriously approach it. Things you need to know or would be helpful to know before you dive in. So, and um, this came up because from time to time, um, we get questions about, hey, I want to purchase an investment property, a rental property. Which, side note, it is amazing that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac even allow us to use 
30-year fixed-rate mortgages to buy properties we don't live in. Sure. So we can be thankful for that for as long as it continues right. as a just a side point. But um, the question that we got this past week was, hey, we'd like to buy an investment property and we'd like to take ownership in an LLC because it is their opinion that that would shield them from certain liabilities um, and and just afford them. I think they had an accounting idea in their minds as well. So so we had some uh, pointed we had some easy points to make about, oh, you want to own it in an LLC. The quick answer is mm-mm, no. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac want to give mortgages to people. And so they are, as Brian put it in his email, the keepers of the 30-year fixed rate mortgage. And when you make the rules, that you're stuck. And so for these folks, if they wanted to... What some folks have suggested is, well, I'll just buy it as a person and then put it in an LLC after I close on the property. No, 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 no. That is grounds for immediate foreclosure. Right. If you, if you, uh, it is, it's not foreclosure. The way it's written in the actual 13 page mortgage is lender may require immediate payment in full, which is to say, you put it in an LLC. I want all my money back right now. Wow. So that's a scary thing. So for anyone listening who's thinking if you have a personal mortgage on a property and you're about to put it into an LLC, please stop. Consult, call Acunet. We'll touch base with your attorney if they have an opinion as well, but it would be our professional opinion. Don't do that. A trust is different, and I'm not going to get into that here on this hour. For estate planning purposes, trusts are okay. But if you are looking for protection of an LLC, because an LLC is a separate entity, um, that is a no-go. Right. Okay, so that was thing number one. So if you want to own a property in an LLC, cool beans. You're going to have to go get a commercial mortgage whose terms are probably not 30 years, maybe 20 or 25, and a commercial loan, maybe 25% down payment. You know, you are talking with a, you know, commercial banker at a local bank or credit union to be like, this is a good investment of the bank's money. Not always as attractive as uh, regular mortgages, I'll call it. So, um, but for these folks, it was, it was additional information. So that, so they got past the, okay, LLC, maybe we can't do that. We don't want to do commercial lending. The other thing is it's quite a downstroke to buy an investment property. So if you so the example that I cooked up, if you want to buy a single family investment property, meaning you know one doorbell basically, right, it's fifteen percent down, minimum. Mm-hmm. You can buy if you buy a home and you want to live in it, that can be as little as three percent, and if you meet certain income requirements, it can be zero, thanks to WIDA. If you live in the house, okay, but if you don't live in the house. Oh man! Oh, I want to buy a two-unit investment property. Got to max. Got to be. Got to maximize that <laughs> rental income. That's twenty-five yeah. percent down. Right. So if you want to buy a hundred fifty thousand dollars duplex as a rental, get ready to write a check for at least thirty-seven thousand five hundred dollars. Wow. It would. I'm a mortgage guy. <laughs> it would be difficult for me to decide to get into the rental business and have to part with that much liquidity. Because but people do it, but people do it, and and I'm all for it. Because if you 
hey, if you look at the internal rate of return because a renter is actually paying down my principal and if I get a little bit of cash flow, I live in the real world where all the finances sound great so long as it actually plays out the way you want it to. Because as we were just talking off the air, you then become a landlord. Oh, yeah. And you got to fix a fridge. You need to paint it every once in a while. Heaven forbid if you have to put a new, I don't know, roof on the investment property. It, it's more than just spreadsheets. There is a effort that, you know, you, you don't know until you either are into it and you and and you're do and you you are a landlord. Um, you better have the time and the means. Is yeah. What you're yeah. Yeah. And and for some folks, God bless them. That's what they want to do. As as always, you only know what you know. And so, if you're thinking about getting into buying properties as investments, it can be done. It absolutely can be done. But you got to go in eyes wide open on what is required of you, both financially. And as we said, time and effort-wise, right. hassle-wise. Right. Anyway. All right. In this last segment of the show, I've got a great story to share about helping someone improve their credit score to make it easier for them to afford their brand new home that they're going to be buying next month. Wow. Okay. Cover that when we come back. And you're listening to the Academic Mortgage and, uh, and uh, Realty Show right here on WTMJ. Find a place to call home. Without the headache, this is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. David, our conversation is going much too fast, much too fast. You want to do a whole other content. hour? Uh, no. we, we could easily do it. <laughs> we could easily do it for sure. Good. Uh, yeah, well, sir, we covered a lot of ground in, um, you know, the serious consideration of getting into property investment. And uh, just to sum it up, you better know what you're getting into mm -hmm. and you better have the right discipline. And the right talent. That's, a, that's the word, discipline. Discipline, because it's a 24-7 operation. It's true. Uh, so I wanted to conclude with um, just a, a story, someone that I was helping this week, uh, because not to sound like a broken record, but you, are, you only know what you know, and you don't go to mortgage class in high school or college. So for, for these folks, Acunet has at our disposal, uh, it's called a what-if simulator, specific to credit scores. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's not guaranteed, but what we're able to do, we can do scenarios on, for these folks, okay, you got 667 credit, kind of middle of the road um, credit, but what could be done to make that better? Because when you've got a higher credit score, for these folks putting 3% down, that means a lower interest rate, and it means lower monthly PMI. And in my, in my ears, that says affordability. Right. So, so for these folks, what I was able to put together, to back up, I would put Acunet's ability to solve problems and be creative. I would challenge any other mortgage lender in the country where if we can't come up with an idea to help folks, I'm not sure who can. And I don't mean that in a bragging well, way. I mean, I, yeah, I mean that yeah. in a, we can get it done. The times that I walk into Brian's office with, I have this idea, do you have a perspective or I walk into or talk to another senior loan consultant at Acunet, we've got 12 people who have seen a whole lot of scenarios and can come up with cool ideas. So for these folks, they had about $14,000 of credit card debt. Wow. And, and it, was, oh, it, was pull, it was pulling down 
on their credit score because when you got that much, kind of the bureaus are like, that's kind of a lot. And so what I was able to put together was a plan for if you swap out some debt for another flavor of debt, that looks better. A mor mortgage debt is better than car debt is better than a personal loan is better than credit card debt. So what I was able to simulate in this example was, hey, if we turned your $14,000 in credit card debt into a personal loan, something from like SoFi or a, a, it's a signature loan from a local bank or credit union, that by itself, by swapping out one debt for another, would have an immediate impact, positive impact on your credit score. And then so doing the trail of that original debt is erased and you got sort of a clean slate, a cleaner trail? You've got zero on the cards. and, really? and Yes. And it, well, it's an installment loan on the okay. new debt. But installment loan is better because it's finite because okay. at some point you pay it off. Okay, but by doing that, you're improving your cash flow, in my example that I put together for her, by $210. Furthermore, with your possibly improved credit score, going from 667 in this example, and I, again, I can't guarantee that it'll be better, but we know that it's a positive um, direction. Right. Her credit score could jump from 667 to 745 in that what-if simulator. Mm. 745 is a great bracket to be in, and we could reduce her monthly PMI by another $118. So by just kind of... No, it's not deck chairs on the Titanic. What's a better example than that? By moving, by reorganizing, we could improve improve her monthly cash flow by three hundred and twenty eight dollars. Well, it's, it's not. It's yes. not. Yeah, we're not. There is an end in sight. There's exactly. positive yeah. forward momentum, and so it is. It is a powerful thing when you can, for someone who's who is on the cusp of buying a house, to be able to say to them. I have a game plan that I think we can get done in time for you to buy your house that is going to make affording your home $328 better per month. That's like getting a $328 raise at work. Yeah. And if your boss offered, hey, if you do these one, two, and three things, I'll give you a raise of $328. Most folks would say, what do you need me to do? Certainly. Uh, and so that that is a a great example of how we try day in and day out to help folks not only win the home with their rock solid pre-approval for mannequin mm -hmm. mortgage, but also afford the new home that they're going to be in. Because as we were talking, you buy a home for personal reasons, because you want to raise a family there. You want to have the holidays there. You want to be able to create memories there. It makes it a whole lot easier to achieve those things when it's just a little bit more affordable. Absolutely. So all you gotta do to get started, cause home buying season is here, is go to acunet.com, A-C-C-U-N-E-T.com and click on that big old blue button to get started on a rock solid pre-approval. I'll see you uh, it's been this great. same time next week, It's Mark. been great having you here. Thank you so Thank much you, for your expertise and for uh, sharing an hour with us this morning. Uh, David Wickett from Acunet Mortgage and Realty Company. All right, WTMJ News Time coming up now on 1059. The proceeding was a paid program. Advice and opinions expressed during the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts or guests of AccuNet Mortgage and AccuNet Realty Advisors and not WTMJ Radio or Good Karma Brands Milwaukee, LLC.